hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, for being here. Uh, thank you for hanging out with me today, because as you saw in the show notes, we're doing a solo. Uh, first of all, you know, I, I couldn't do this show coming up on uh, almost four years. Uh, crazy to me. And I uh, couldn't do this show without you, uh, the listener, obviously. And uh, I couldn't do this show without my sponsors. And I, and I love uh, my sponsors uh, because I've built a relationship with them. And I have built a friendship. And it's just been amazing. Uh, I got to start off with my good friends over at Smart Choice. They are uh, the fastest growing agency network, hands down. And they, they do what they do for you. And they come in, whether you need one market or you need 10, uh, they are the solution for you. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and you're going to go to the find a market tab. Click on that, go to the state map and uh, hit your state. And you can find your, your products you can sell there. You can find your territory manager, your marketing reps, all of those things there. Uh, you could even get some advice there on some different things you can do within your agency. Uh, so awesome. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Manscaped. Fall is here, ladies and gentlemen, and that means it's time to freshen up your grooming routine. And there's no better way than to do that with Manscaped. Fall is a season of change, and Manscaped has the tools you need to keep yourself looking and feeling your best. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a game changer. With advanced skin safe technology, it's waterproof for you to use in and outside the shower. Manscaped is the men's best in below-the-waist grooming. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. But that's not all. They also offer a discount for being a listener of Insurance Town. When you go to manscaped.com, scroll down to the bottom, type in the word mayor, and you will get 20% off. That's 20% off, plus you're getting a free shipping. That free shipping is is an incredible game-changer there as well. Manscaped.com, using the code mayor. There's a lot of people in your life that have helped you to get to where you're at, uh, whether it's your parents, whether it's your family, whether it's your uh, employees, uh, whether it's your best friends, your church, your community. And it doesn't hurt every now and then to say thank you. And so I want to spend a few minutes right now doing that because gratitude uh, is such an important thing in this industry and in this world. And if there's someone in your life that's helped you get to where you're at now, take a few minutes and just say thank you. Send a text message. I tried to to send out text messages throughout the week intentionally. I'm not going to lie. It is an intentional thing that I do, uh, but it's a genuine intentionality because I want my friends to know that I love them. I want them to know I'm praying for them. I want them to know that they mean something to me. And I try to do it in the moment, obviously. Uh, when they do something for me, I say, hey, thank you so much. But I definitely want to be something. When you get that random text from somebody that says, hey, I was thinking about you. Oh, so far. It's crazy. Uh, I get so many uh, positive responses for that. And that's not why I do it. I do it because I love you and I love my friends and I, I love my family. And it's just something that's important to me. And and showing that kindness, just, you know, it's not dorky. It's not weakness. It's not um, anything else like that. And I've had people that talk to me about me and you're, you know, you're too kind, you know, you're too much like Switzerland. You're too this or that. I can't be that way because then people will trample all over me. And every time I show this or that, it, people trample me. It's not about that. I mean, you can have kindness and gratitude and you can do that in a way that is not 
weak or not a way that's going to let people walk all over you. And it is empowering and it does help you to get further and it helps other people to get further. And I've always just lived by the motto of just letting people, um, or putting other people ahead of me and putting people in front of me. And I, and I want to do that. And it's never about me and it's never about, uh, getting any glory for myself. I never started this podcast to become insurance famous. I never started this podcast to become an influencer. I never started this thing for any other reason than I just want to give back to an industry that's given so much to me for 20 years. So that's important to me. And I I do, I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy the feedback. I do enjoy getting the emails from you guys. I do enjoy the text messages and the DMS. It means the world to me that we've built this community and that you guys feel comfortable enough to reach out to the mayor and say hi. And when you see me at events and you've come to hear me speak, I I had uh, a listener of the show that told me the other day they're driving all the way to Kansas, and they don't even live near Kansas, (laughs) uh, to hear me speak at an event uh, because it was like, it's only a four- or five-hour drive, I'm going to come. And that really meant a lot to me. And uh, I'm just, I, I love it. And, and I love the community that I've built and I love the community that we've built. And I love the the sponsors and all of that kind of stuff. And really before I get, I'm reminded of my high school basketball coach. And I want to get into that story here in a minute, but I, I just, the story and then uh, the, the way he was with me, uh, it was just one of those things I'll never forget. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons from my coach. And I didn't realize at the time, but it's been something that I'll never forget. And if you guys could just uh, go back in time with me a little bit to the late 90s. Yes, I'm old. Uh, I got lots of gray in the beard, if you guys can't tell. Um, but what I wanted to get into was this uh, this coach that I had. His name was Coach V. And he, he taught me a lot. And I didn't realize how much he had taught me at the time. And now that I fast forward several years uh, to where I'm at today, I've noticed some of the principles and the things that I, I use in my own leadership that travel all the way back in time to this coach. And, and, and now that I look back, this guy truly changed my life. And so I start off with just to set up the stage here, uh, our, our practices and our tryouts and everything that we would do, he would have these things called intervals that we would do. And we would come into the gym at six o'clock in the morning, uh, which back at the time was super early. Nowadays, I get up before then every morning anyway. But back then as a teenager and uh, 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought, man, this guy's crazy getting me up this early. But we would come in and he would have 60 minutes on the clock and uh, would just have us run up and down the court. Um, for 60 minutes solid. That's that's an hour for those who <laughs> don't know simple math. <laughs> but um, uh, And it was just one of those things to where, and the best thing about it, uh, looking back now, at the time I thought it was crazy, but now I look back and it was, I understand some of it, but he would put on uh, his, his favorite tape or CD or whatever it was. And it was uh, Jack and Diane. It was, it was small town. It was ROCK in the USA. It was John Cougar Mellencamp's greatest hits, basically. Um, Hurt So Good, you know, some of the greats out there. But he would put on, and it would just be a repeat uh, of this album um, for an hour. And we would we, we couldn't slow down very much. You know, we could jog, but we couldn't walk for sure. And we couldn't put our hands on our knees. We couldn't stop. If we did, he added more time. But it was just, at the time, I understood, because we wanted to outrun our opponents, and we wanted to create endurance and all that kind of stuff. I get it. But 
just to set up the stage for this, this guy and how intense some of our practices, this before we even touched a basketball or got into place, we would get after it uh, early in the morning. And then after that, we would get a water break and then we'd go over plays and whatnot and video and whatever else. But, but yeah, 60 minutes of just solid running. But uh, this guy, some of the things he would have us do, uh, <laughs> I, I'll never forget. Like one of the drills that we would do uh, every single morning, bear with me here. There's a reason why I'm going through this, but I want you to hear some of this. And some of you guys that played basketball or girls that played basketball may know some of these drills, but one of the drills I thought was just crazy at the time, he would set us up in, in two rows, you know, uh, beside each other uh, with a little space in between. And he would roll a basketball out um, and just on the floor, just kind of roll it or bounce it or whatever it might be out to mid court. And, as soon as he did that, a whistle would blow, and we would have to run and race each other to that basketball. And it would be – or the goal was to dive on the ball and to get to that ball and, and make sure that, you know, kick, slap, bite, uh, elbow, whatever, wrestling, whatever it took to get that ball. And I, I would come home with, with blood on the knees. It would just strawberries, raspberries, whatever you want to call those and bruises and banged up, and it would be uh, just an absolute brawl to make sure we got that basketball. And the point of that was he was talking to us about doing the, the hard things that nobody else wants to do. You know, typically when you see, you know, a ball roll across, well, someone might try to run to it and bend over and grab it. But we were to just all out dive for it and make sure that that ball was in our possession. And uh, it was just an insanely intense uh, drill that we had to do. And I'd come home and friends of mine that I would talk to would be like, man, um, you're playing basketball, right? This looks like a a football injuries, you know, and I got hip injuries and, you know, there would be bite marks and there would be just elbows flying. And I'd sometimes have black eyes or whatever, just literally just flying down the court to make sure we got that basketball. And again, just doing the things that nobody else would do and making sure that you know we were the ones diving after the loose balls to gain an extra possession or two. And again, there's a lesson to be learned there. And, you know, another thing, you know, that he taught us and he would talk to us about that, I'll, you know, to this day, I think about for me, this was fundamental uh, changes in my life that as a 16 year old, I didn't understand at the time, but I do now. And I practice some of this. He would tell us if you have to come out of the game at any point, if I substitute you out, I don't want you going to the bench, sitting there with the towel over your head and sulking and wondering when the next minute you're coming in. No, you are staying involved in the game. I want you cheering. I want you high-fiving. I want you yelling. I want you cheerleading your team from the sidelines at any moment. I mean, you could sit down for a minute to catch a breath, get your Gatorade or your water, Powerade, whatever it was, but then you're on your feet and you are into the game. You are intense. You were talking. You were screaming you are cheering on and encouraging your teammates the entire time so that we stayed in the flow and the rhythm of the game so that when you go back in there's not an acclimation period you are in the game you know what's going on you know who's hot who's not what plays we've been running what's not been working what has been working and when you get in you high five you do the the butt slap the whole nine of let know the guy that came out for you did a heck of a job and you're communicating the entire time when you're on the sidelines and it was something that was fundamentally game-changing because not only is it encouraging to your teammates, not only is it something that keeps you involved in the game, but it's also a distraction to the other team. It's also just showing that unity. It was just something that I'll never forget. And, 
you know, it started making me think as I've gotten older. And the other day when I was, you know, talking about leadership, I started thinking about Coach V and the biggest, you know, leader that I had in my life at that time. And yeah, I had great parents. I had a, a great minister and whatever it might have been. But Coach V single-handedly, you know, changed my life in so many ways. And I go back to some of the things we talk about. And I come away with two or three things that I want to share with you that kind of, you know, go and coincide with that post that I made uh, about leadership. And I want you guys to think about this. And number one, it makes me think about, you know, as a leader, whether you're the owner of the agency, whether you're a principal of the agency, or whether you're an account manager or a producer, there's leadership skills to be learned from this. And, you know, number one, you think about the endurance that you have to have as a leader and, you know, running up and down that court, you know, and it just makes me think as a leader, you're going to need to be called upon at any given time to be able to do things. Or if a customer walks in and needs something from you or the phone rings, something happens or with market shifts and changes, you've got to be able to have endurance. And I, and I think about the hard market we're in right now, <laughs> you know, and, and it's one of those that I've never seen anything like it. And I've been in this industry 20 years and I think we still got a long way to go on it, but you've got to have that endurance and you may have to stay late. You may have to get up early. You may have to get more creative. You may have to do some things uh, that you hadn't been able to do before, but you need to have that endurance to be able to outlast your opponents, to be able to outthink your opponents, to be able to be clear headed when this market's changing, when things are happening, just having that, mental image for me and maybe for you too of thinking about that interval of running up and down the court and conditioning you know i, I one of my good friends and you know partner in crime right now at vertifor sid Rowe, and we talk about her training for triathlon she's a triathlete and she talks about endurance training and running and biking these long bike bike rides some of you that are bike riders right now you know I'll never forget, uh, I, I tried to get into cycling. And if you know me, I'm a big boy. Cycling just didn't work for me. But I remember bragging to a friend of mine that was a cycler. And I said, yeah, I, I got out. I had a great long ride. I rode 12 miles this weekend. They're like, 12 miles? That's just warm up. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, 12 miles? That's a long time for me. And I'm sitting here you know, bragging about that. But again, I, I digress. You know, Thinking about that endurance training and having to do that, I think we need to uh, be able to focus on having that endurance as a leader and having that endurance as a person on your team to be able to perform when you're called upon at any given time. You know, I also think about, you know, the, the parts of a leader that is uh, being open into communication and being an encourager and being someone that is positive and uplifting and, and cheerleading your team on. I think there's so much negativity in our world, so much negativity in agencies. And again, I talk about a hard market. I talk about market shifts. And I talk about the things going on with carriers and with this and with that. It's so easy to get negative. And it's so easy to get down in the dumps, to get upset and get just ticked off, for lack of better words, because uh, it is tough. And you feel like oh, the carriers aren't on my team or you know, my account managers or CSRs or the owner of the agency or the producers or you know, my technology or the partners we have here and there, they're not on the same page and everyone's always against me or this or that, you know, it's so easy to get negative and get down the dumps, but, you know, to, for you to be a leader, be that voice of, you know, way to go and, and cheering on the sidelines and, and being excited and noticing the little things and calling those things out, being an encourager in the workplace, such a huge um, uplift and such a huge lift in your leadership and in your agency and, and in your family and, and whatever you're doing, 
but I think a, a key component of being a good leader is being a good communicator and being able to to highlight uh, your teammates when they're doing something right. And I think um, as a leader in the agency, I think if you could call those people out, uh, even if it's just a simple call out on a meeting to say, hey, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Sally or to Joe or to Tommy or whoever it might be to say, man, I noticed last week um, you did this or that, or you did a great job on getting this quote out to me, or you did a great job on and remarketing these three accounts or whatever it might be. I think that's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> I just, I, um, I know this sounds just so fundamental and easy, but I don't see it a lot. And I've been in thousands of agencies throughout my career in consulting roles and, and marketing roles and sales roles. I think it happens near enough. And I think it's something I learned from Coach V through that uh, exercise and being that cheerleader and being that motivator. And I think that uh, it's going to make a huge, massive impact in your agency. If you could be that guy, be that girl, be that person in your agency that's an encourager. And that is lifting up. You know, the other thing I think about is, uh, and I still to this day have uh, PTSD thinking about this drill, but um, seeing that loose ball on the floor and diving after it and making those extra hustle plays, it just makes me think as as a leader and as someone in your agency. Um, I know for me personally, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Uh, I'm not uh, the most skilled uh, in, in not in athletics, but in in just general in life but I do know that I can outwork the next guy. If I want to, if I put my head down, I get after it. You don't, it doesn't take a lot of skill to outwork somebody. It just takes that want to that drive, that passion. And I think that's something that we could all do. You know, um, it requires, uh, just effort. Um, and if you want to be that person that makes those extra hustle plays, uh, that does goes the extra mile that, uh, you know, uh, it, it takes just a little bit more. And you could be that, uh, that difference maker in your agency. And, you know, people talk about those people at the water cooler. Uh, people talk about those people and you want to be in that conversation, right? You don't want to be the lazy one that just kind of does just enough to get by. You want to be the one that is making those extra plays that is, is hustling and that is getting after it. And I think that's going to go a long way. And so again, I go back to, uh, the story of, of my coach and some of the things that he had taught me. And, you know, um, he, he had this commitment um, to excellence and the commitment to outworking the opponent and this commitment to the hustle place, because he knew small town, Arkansas, you know, and at a private school for that matter and undersized. And uh, we were, uh, we didn't have near as talented uh, of a team as our opponents. And we didn't have those things, but we won a lot of games and we went into uh, state tournaments and we went into district tournaments because we had the hustle, because we had the grit, because we were the underdog, because we had that mentality that I think that you have to have as, as a leader to be able to outwork your opponents. And so I think uh, for me, I, I started thinking about that. And I want to share a little bit of that with you, just part of my journey and part of my story of leadership. Because I've gotten so much feedback from the John Livesey episode last week, and you know I, some of the things that stood out to you guys, and some of the things that John and I were you know talking about, some of the things I've uh, always had a passion about is uh, something that he talked about: crafting that perfect sales pitch or that elevator pitch. And this has been something that I've spoken about in the past at various stages and various the times in my career. 
And, you know, so I wanted to talk about this in conjunction with what we talked about. You know, he got into um, the three C's of crafting the perfect sales pitch. And he talked about being clear. And for those who didn't hear it, I'll just kind of go through a little highlights of it. Um, those, you know, he talked about being clear and he said that the pitch should be clear and easy to understand, meaning don't use insurance lingo, try not to get caught up in all of that using language like, you know, BOP or deductibles or, and so that being said, it's one of those things that it's, it can be hard to do sometimes because we want to use some of that lingo because we know it, Right. And you've got to be clear on uh, your message. What is it? Uh, what is that message that you want to convey? You know, are you trying to focus on a specific coverage, a specific challenge? Um, are you going to try to convey the message specific to their industry? Maybe you're in a niche. Maybe you're talking about restaurants or habitational or hospitality or something to that effect. Maybe you should, you know, know your audience, you know? So that's, again, a part of that clear. And this is a big one that I feel like insurance agents and producers have a hard time with. Maybe even account managers. Maybe you get on you start rambling. <laughs> you know, you, you don't stay on target or to the point. You want to avoid using filler words like, um, er, uh, hmm. Try not to use some of those. Be very intentional with your words. Be very specific, but, you know, don't give it all away on the first call. Another thing that's hard to do, we want to give away the farm, so to speak. We want to give it all away on that first call and throw out everything that we got, stick it all on the wall and see what happens. And that's not a great way of doing it. Am I right? Because what you're going to end up doing is giving them the playbook to take back to the other agent or to shoot holes in and do all that. So you just want to give them enough to leave them wanting more, right? So again, as he's talking about the three C's of crafting that sale, concise is huge. Tease them. You know, remember, this is just a teaser. And that's one of the things he talked about last week. And again, it's not that I'm trying to uh, redo that whole podcast, but he did about two minutes on this section. And I think it should have been expanded out or could have been expanded out for a 20 minute. So I want to do that right now in this solo. And I will give John Livesey the full credit for the three C's. That's something that he's got copyrighted. If not, then, you know, he at least brought it up. So I'm not trying to steal his material. Just wanted to let you guys, you know, I'm going to expound on it a little bit. And so as he talked about it, you know, he didn't get into much of the details. He just gave us a three C. So I'm just getting more into it. So again, we've got clear, got to be concise. And the next one he talked about was being compelling. And this is one of the best, you know, the best things that he talked about and that I talk about a lot. Maybe you start off with a, did you know that? Or have you ever? Do you? Don't go in there talking about how great you are. <laughs> if you go in there and say, did you know that? Have you ever? Do you do this or do you do that? Um, and another thing you might be able to do is stories. Stories sell. Stories sell. Stories sell. Stories sell. I love a good story. So if you can find a, a great story that you've got, that you can make a very concise, very clear, and make it compelling, and all within a matter of, I don't know, a minute or two, you know, just to kind of maybe a sentence or two for that matter, just to get them hooked in. 
And you got to make it relevant to them so they can put themselves into the story. Maybe it's some claim story. Uh, you got to have those stories and make it appeal to them, put themselves into it. We all have stories. And if you're new in the business, borrow a story from somebody else. You know, sit down with another producer or Google a good story on a claim for this or a situation there and uh, paint that picture. You know, do your research, find out what common issues that your prospect might have and paint that picture for them, you know, and, and find that broad stroke that's, you know, just compelling enough to make them want more and be like, yes, I do have that issue. Yes, if that were to happen to me, I'd be in a lot of trouble. It's got to be compelling. And then the last thing I would say when it comes to compelling is to create a call to action of some sort. Try to get them to what my good friend Jake Gorgeous says is, Bam, fam, book a meeting from a meeting. Let me run that back. Book a meeting from a meeting. Bam, fam. Should be something you could be able to remember pretty easily. So uh, if you can always remember that, don't leave an appointment until you talk about the next steps, until you talk about the next meeting. What's your schedule look like tomorrow at two or Wednesday, whatever. Have that date already in mind. Look at your calendar. No. Right then and there, so you can tell them, get it booked out, send them an email before you leave the parking lot or a text or something. Get that booked before you leave. So that was the three C's that uh, Homeboy went through last week, and he did a great job on that. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of people talk about that. And so, you know, as he did, you know, it made me think about the some of the conversations that I've had throughout my career and I, I have, you know, something that I was working through with some friends of mine called the four G's of a great sales pitch. And it's very similar. So I wanted to kind of throw that out there for a minute and see what you think about it. But the first G would be grab their attention. Sounds very familiar, right? Use a, a surprising stat. That was easy for me to say. <laughs> surprising stat, surprising stat, surprising stat. Ask a question, throw out a quick story, something like that. Just grab their attention from the jump. Don't go in there with this, hi, my name is John Doe and I sell insurance. Can I um, have an appointment with you? I want to quote your insurance. No, jump in there, throw out a compelling statement, throw out a quick story, do something, ask a question, draw them in, grab their attention. Once you've got them, what are you going to do with them now? You know, it's like, okay, I got it. Now what am I going to do? Now you got to generate interest. The second G, generate interest. Describe a common issue that your prospect is likely to face or probably facing right now. And so you, you start describing that. You start talking about that with them. And you tell a story quickly to, while you're generating that interest to relate to that client. You know, whether it's a claim story or, you know, a, a personal story in your own life or a past, you know, client story, something to that effect to where you can, again, grab their attention, generate that interest, and then give them a solution. Again, not the whole form, but number three, so you got grab their attention, generate interest, and now you're going to give them the solution, but not too specific to where you give it away. You know, you just got to know how, to, how your product solves their problem. Highlight what makes you different with the, again, if you're, we're using XYZ agency or John Doe agency, we have the, uh, the John Doe method of da, 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 um, highlight what makes you different talking about, cause everybody comes in and says the same thing. You know, when you ask what makes you different customer service. Okay. Well, that's what everybody says. So you got to do something that makes you different. We're at a mid-roll ad, a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm excited to be talking to you about my friends over at Old School Marketing, uh, oldschoolmarketing.com. That's O-L-D-E, 
because the guy's old school. Remember, he's got that old red truck. They help you with uh, taking a old school method and doing it in a new school way by using uh, some really cool technology to get some of that direct mail marketing out to your customers in a drip method uh, to where it's it's handwritten notes written by real humans in his office that, you know, the, the card on the envelope's written, handwritten, the inside of the card's handwritten. So it looks like grandma sent it to you. And who doesn't like to get in a card from grandma? Now, this one's not going to have the $5 bill in it, but you're still going to love opening this card and uh, this postcard. It's going to help you to get your phone ringing on a consistent basis because he used a drip method. Guys, go to oldschoolmarketing.com and use the code TOWN10, and you're going to get 10% off of your order. Again, TOWN10. Guys, also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting all the deck pages you need to quote your prospect. You heard him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Tolga Tazel did a great job talking to us about the newest and exciting things going on with commercial insurance and how you're able to get those loss runs that you need and you're able to get the deck pages and all the things you need to quote your prospect without being intrusive and without getting in their face and having an interrogation. Ladies and gentlemen, go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and take advantage of getting your discount, booking your demo, and doing all those things. You guys know Toga's one of my favorite people in this industry, so make sure you go and support him and what he's doing over at Canopy Connect. Now let's get back to the show. Maybe that is compliant checks. Maybe that is uh, special trainings. Maybe that is OSHA trainings. Maybe that is education. You know, the, <laughs> the agencies that lead with education are so much more valuable in so many people's eyes than those who just lead with price. So you got to find something besides price and besides customer service um, that you can rely on. You know, maybe it's technology, maybe it's this, maybe, whatever it might be. Find something, find your solution and be able to quickly throw that out there in a sales pitch that works and not just your typical 10 second name sell insurance, let me sell you some. No, it's not going to work. It, it might work one out of 50 times, but you want a better close ratio than that, right? Conversion ratio, I should say. The last G that I want to talk to you about is guide them to the next steps. So give them that call to action, the CTA or C2A, however you want to look at it. Give them the call to action, set that appointment and um, set that next appointment with them. Again, going back to that BAM fam, that I just brought up um, on that third C, um, so or the second C, whatever it was. But yeah, so guide them to the next steps. Let them know what that looks like and put them in that position to where they want to be in that next steps. So again, you don't want to try to write the business on the first call, but you want to at least give the elevator pitch that makes them want more. You know, it makes them want to go the next steps and walk them through it. What does that look like? Okay, so from here, I'm going to take this information. I'm going to give it to an underwriter. And the next steps is here. And then we're going to do this. And then I'm going to close here. And then after we close, walk them through the journey a little bit. But putting them in the position so then when you walk away, you're controlling the conversation. and You say what the next step is. So I'm going to come back out on this date. <coughs> or, you know, you're going to send me uh, your deck pages. Or you're going to sign this AOR. And here's what we're going to do from here. Or however your method is, put yourself in this method and guide them through that. So again, I got a lot of feedback on the three C's, concise, compelling, and clear. But, you know, I've also, you know, developed my own. It was a 4G. So I wanted to kind of piggyback off of 
what my man Livesey said. And so, you know, if you could do that, you know, uh, I think you're going to do a lot better. And so, again, if you if you go through that, you know, and somebody like, well, give me an example. So, like at John Doe Insurance, we understand that things happen, and those things can have a major impact on your business. You know, just last week, one of our clients, a small business owner had experienced a break-in that caused major damage to his property and it resulted in a loss of income. Man, so fortunate that they had risk management solutions in place that helped recover quickly. And they got him back to business as usual pretty quick. You know, we have over 50 years of experience working with businesses just like yours. And we want to provide you solutions that fit your specific needs and budget. We'll use that experience to help you develop and implement risk management strategies so you can focus on running your business. We focus on risk management, you on running your business. I mean, some of those strategies could be risk assessments, workplace safety programs. It could be disaster preparedness plans or a review of your current insurance programs. We have the solutions in our back pocket. I would love to learn more about your current risk management program. Do you have some time next week? maybe tomorrow um, that we could visit about this, something like that. I don't know. I'm just flying off the cuff here, but I think that if you can do that, you know, and hopefully that made sense to you. So I, I kind of painted a picture, told them about a quick break in, you know, where some property and some damage, but luckily they had us. And if you notice, I didn't even mention insurance. I mentioned risk management strategies, but I didn't say insurance to the very end when I said we could review your current insurance program. So I'm not coming across as some sleazy salesperson. It's more of, I am, you know, an advisor to them. I'm a risk manager, things like that. So again, I just wanted to piggyback off of a great episode last week. And I wanted to talk about that stuff with that setting up a great sales pitch. And this could be in a cold call situation. This could be in a networking event. This could be at a B&I uh, it could be in an elevator for that matter. You know, again, it's got to be clear, concise. It's got to be compelling. You know, it's got to grab their attention, you know, generate interest, give the solution, guide them to the next steps, all of those things. And if you can do those things, you're going to be in a much better position to be able to set up more opportunities. And that's the name of the game is opportunities, activities. And one of the questions I got recently was, and I'll answer this in several different forms probably throughout this because I'll ramble a little bit. So hang with me, hang with me while I vent and why I just go off a little bit and while I just rabbit trail and squirrel a little bit. But one of the questions I got recently was, um, what are some secrets or some tricks or some ideas to training my producers to get out? and sell. You know, and I think that's a, a case for a lot of 2022. A lot of people in 2021 for that matter coming into 2022 was, you know, the activities and the, you know, sales and the renewals and a lot of things are struggling right now and we're coming into a harder market. And so my answer to that is going to be something that's simple and you might think, "Man, that's it. That's your answer, mayor." <laughs> but yes, it is. My answer is activity. I, I should have a couple answers, but I'll start off with activity. You know, activity begets activity begets activity. And a lot of things can happen uh, by just having some activity. I can't say the word activity enough. I, I want you to hear it. I want to drill in your head of activity, 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 because I truly believe, 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 <laughs> I can't, I can't talk. So I truly, I truly believe that sitting at your desk, my dad told me this a long time ago. And you probably heard this on the episode with my dad. I was upset when I first started working with my dad 20-something years ago. And I was like, Dad, where's my desk? Where's my office? Because I'm thinking, I'm the owner's dad. I mean, the owner's dad. <laughs> Golly, again, I'm tongue-tied here and I can't talk. 
I'm the owner's son, and uh, I'm going to be this rock star, and I need to have my own desk. But dad looked at me square in the eye. I was like, get out of here with that. <laughs> you're not going to get a desk. If you're sitting at a desk, if you're in the office, you're not making money. And uh, that stuck with me forever. You know, I'll never forget that because I think that was really good advice. And I feel like, um, you know, if, if there's any advice I could give, is to get out there and, um, you know, have some activity. And what does that look like? Um, I think that looks like a lot of different things. You know, I think that that looks like um, it could be cold calls. It could be drop-ins. It could be uh, calling unsold quotes, uh, dead leads, new leads, uh, calling referral partners. It could be a lot of things. But what I would start off by saying is just get out from behind the desk, pick up the phone and have some activity. And, and let me let me caution you here because I, I got to put a caution here because when I say this, and I've talked to a lot of producers that can find themselves doing the wrong activity. And the wrong activity is just as harmful as that no activity. <laughs> and, and we talk about this, um, Kelly, uh, my good friend, Kelly Donahue Piro and her staff and her team and our team over at APP, we talk about this a lot. And that is, we hate the word busy. And, and I think that I see too many producers busy instead of productive. And I don't want to get into all of that, but I do want to go back to that word that I've repeated a thousand times on this episode. You're going to hear it again several more times, but activity. And I think you could get caught up in, what do I mean by the wrong activity? You know, you're listening to me right now and you're like, what, what mayor, mayor, what do you mean? What's the wrong activity? The wrong activity is getting caught up in, in emails. The wrong activity is getting caught up in firing off cold emails or working activities or just being busy just to be busy. You know, sometimes you're shuffling papers from one side of the desk to the next, or you're talking with your colleagues, or you're uh, creating a an idea that's going to lead to another idea, or you are uh, doing you know, mundane tasks that are on your desk just to do something, just to show that you're busy. And, and I think that's the wrong activities. You know, if you're spending the majority of your time every day figuring out where you're going to eat lunch, <laughs> um, who you're going to talk to at the water cooler today, and you're looking at your task and figuring out how you can make those stretch throughout the day just to look busy, then you got the wrong activities going on. And I hope I'm stepping on your toes a little bit here, because if that's you, I want better for you. I want you um, to be productive. The mayor wants you to make a ton of money or to be as successful as you want to be. And that's going to create, or that's going to happen by activities you create. So what are some of the right activities? You know, some of the right activities are getting out and let's call it cold calling, drop-ins. You know, you know, when I hear the word cold calling, I immediately go to drop-ins because that's what I did. When I started my career, I literally, this was before Google. This was before Facebook. This was before all of that in the early 2000s, before you could just get up and Google somebody's name and figure out their, where they're at and their address or Google somebody's business and figure out everything you need to know, I had to go out and knock doors, literally. So when I think cold call, that's what I think of when I think of cold call, which is drop-ins. Now they're called drop-ins. But getting out every day, and I had to call on 20 people a day. And, I, and again, I don't mean phone calls. I was out door knocking. Sometimes I would park at the front of a neighborhood and knock doors, kind of like the secure, the, <laughs> the home security guy or the uh, the pest control guy or the home Wi-Fi guy that you get to knock on your door and they talk to you about, you know, fiber op, you know, fiber optic cable or whatever you call that, or they talk to you about putting a uh, solar panels on your roof or whatever. I respect the heck out of that hustle. That's a hustle, man. But I did that with insurance starting on my career. I would go knocking doors, knock, knock, knock. 
you know, I you know, try to get in the door. I wanted to talk to them. <laughs> I said, knock, knock, knock. And I could have just knocked on my desk and gotten the same effect. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're recording a podcast today, you know, or by yourself, you got to find a place to laugh and entertain yourself. But uh, so um, that was my thing, man, uh, activity. And I want to knock on 20 doors every day because I knew that if I knocked on 20 doors, I knew that I was going to get at least two or three appointments and I could close at least one or two of those. And if I kept doing that every single day, I'd get four and five and six of those, whether it was a home and auto or whether it was a commercial account that was 20, 30,000, or it was um, a home, I mean, a um, benefits account, or if it was life insurance, I don't know. I was just out beating doors every day, trying to get something going on and it worked. And I built a solid book that way. And fast forwarding 20 something years later, as I'm talking to you now, and I'm talking to producers and training producers, it's all about that activity. And I know you're thinking, really, Heath? I mean, that, that's it? Yes, that is 100% it. Uh, that is my first piece of advice out there is just to get out there. Now, you know, it may not be 20 for you. Maybe it's five or 10. Maybe it's one day a week that you get out from behind your desk and you start calling. You know, and you start thinking, what if I'm not good at cold calling? What if I'm not good at cold drops? What if I'm not good at that? I'll tell you two things. Number one, there's, as, uh, you know, my friend Seth Zaremba once said on my show and on several people's show, there's gold in your backyard that you could be mining. There's gold in your agency that could easily be mined. Um, and I, I, we're not doing that sometimes. And if you're not, there's opportunity right there within your book of quoted unsold leads in the last four or five years. You know, there's um, clients have left you <clears throat> like a thief in the night, <laughs> or you left that back door cracked and they walked out. Somebody else called on them. They left you because your rates went up. But now you've got a new carrier that's got lower rates. Now you've got an opportunity you can come back in, or you're coming into a hard market where everybody's going to be shopping. And you got to know that going into this kind of hard market. Don't be scared of that. Let me squirrel for a minute on that because I think that too much, too many people, too many producers that I talk to, too many agency owners right now, oh no, we're in a hard market. This is going to suck. No, this is opportunity right now. <laughs> this is opportunity knocking. <laughs> time to answer that door. Time to answer that call. Time to get out. Time to make those calls. Time to do the thing and get some activity going. Pick up the phone, call some folks. Um and right now this podcast is about a new business, but yeah, I would definitely say coming into a hard market, this is a great opportunity because everybody's going to be shopping. Rates are going to be going up across the board, not just your agency, but everybody's. So take that opportunity, make some phone calls, uh, get some drop-ins, go see some people. Activity, activity, activity. Super, super simple. And you know, the next part I would say is part two to this. And again, it's going to be a quick hit. It's going to be an easy episode here. But be accountability. Find an accountability partner. Find somebody that you can talk to. Uh, set those goals. You know, tell somebody in your office. Tell your account manager. Tell somebody that you're friends with. Tell somebody that you've set an activity goal for 20 calls a day or two days a week. You're going to make cold calls or whatever that is. Uh, I'm going to find referral partners. I'm going to do something. That's another one. You know, um, back on a squirrel moment for a minute, you know, I talked about cold calls. I talked about the gold in your backyard. And now I talk about referral partners, you know, get out there and network, find some referral partners, get some activity going there. Find something you want to go see. I've got a producer I'm working with right now. Shout out to Brett. Every Friday, he sets appointment to have lunch with a mortgage broker, with a lender, with a realtor, with a referral partner of some sort. Shout out, Brett. Congrats. That may be something for you activity wise, but uh, back to accountability, find somebody to talk to about it and do it. You know, I, I think 
that it's going to help you so much. And I know a lot of people are scared of accountability. They're scared of, you know, if I tell somebody, if I do this, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to put, you know, pen to paper. I'm going to have to put, uh, put the pedal, the metal and make it happen. I'm going to actually have to grind and do it. And if you don't want to do it, don't, but if you're something you're committed to activity, something you really want to do, you're going to have to. Uh, so find somebody you can talk to about it. Find somebody that's going to call you on your BS. Find someone that's going to call you and say, hey, um, did you go see anybody this week? How'd it go? You know, my dad would used to call me every morning and say, hit a home run today. And I didn't want to let my dad down. And uh, my brothers and I would do that. You know, Chase, some of you know Chase, uh, my brother who's been on the show before. He, You know, we would talk about it every day. And, you know, figure out ways to keep each other accountable and get out there and I'll tell you a funny, funny story uh, about that. Uh, and then I'll start to wrap this up a little, but I'll never forget uh, when uh, Wall Street, I think it's called Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, the newest version of that movie uh, came out with Shia LaBeouf. Um, we, we went out and we watched that movie. Uh, and after that, we watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and we watched the original uh, with uh, Michael Douglas, uh, uh, the Wall Street movie. And my brother and I, <laughs> Chase, asked him about it if you ever talked to him. But we were fired up. We were like, let's go put on suits and go, go call. Let's get out there and do it. And we were so jacked. And we kept each other accountable. We were like, hey, let's get out there. Let's make some calls. Let's do some things. Let's get out there and see some people. You know, and, and we just got fired up. And, you know, it, whatever it takes for you. Uh, maybe right now, listen to this. You're like, I need something to motivate me to get it going. I'm telling you, find one of those three movies. Find a movie that gets you jacked. Maybe it's Rudy. That's another one. My brother and I, we love those motivational, inspirational movies. Remember the Titans, Rudy, whatever it is. Uh, we're big movie buffs. But find something to get you motivated and find somebody to keep you accountable. <laughs> You can buy all the shiny objects and have all the technology that you want. But if you're not doing it, if you're not having activity with it, if you're not putting it into place correctly, there's no use in having it. I'm telling you right now, just good old-fashioned hustle, grit, grind. You can't teach that. It's not a skill that you can teach. It's just doing it. And there's a reason why that old slogan from Nike, just do it, is so relevant even today. I don't know when that slogan came into existence. Uh, in fact, as I'm talking right now, I'm about to Google this. I'm about to figure this out because um, I, I think it's fascinating um, that it's still relevant today because, look at me multitasking, um, because uh, I, I'm actually multi... My, my wife says I can't multitask, but I do think that, um, you know, it's... It, okay, maybe I can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but, okay, I found it. All right, now I can stop multitasking. In 1987, Nike's slogan came into play of just do it. That's been, you know, t over 20 years. Wait, yeah, 97, 2007, 30, 35, 36 years that that has still been a relevant slogan for Nike. And I think it's the same for everything. Just get out there and just do activity, activity, activity. Get out there, hustle, grit, grind, whether it's referral partners, whether it's calling on the gold in your backyard to quote Seth Zaremba again, or if it is, um, just activity of getting out, cold calling, drop-ins, going to networking events, all of those types of things, all of that is relevant. All of that's going to create great opportunities for you to write new business. Uh, um, I think that's it. I think I'm going to wrap this up. So 
Let me put a little bow on this. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Look forward to hanging out with you again next week.